Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode, oh God, what did I say it was? 157. 157. <laughs> We're recording live to tape from San Diego Comic Con 2017. <laughs> Looking out the window at the convention center, which on Friday morning as we're taping this is already beginning to pack up. I, I already see the the march of the, the, the patrons. I suppose there may also be vendors and exhibitors and whatnot. But <laughs> For a second, I swore you were going to say March of the Fuckheads, because that's what it feels like when you're on the floor. Um, it, sometimes. It, sometimes. It, uh, often it's it's impossible to really describe unless you've been to a big convention and we've been to a few big conventions other than San Diego but unless you've been to something this big the stutter walking that you have to do to get anywhere and the sudden stops as some power girl shows half a nipple and all the cameras come out and everyone stops dead and you just want to get to take a leak someplace or you're trying to get to say the Paul Levitt's Karen Burger panel <laughs> it can feel like the march of the fuckheads for every experienced person who understands the cosplayers will be outside you can, in a non-crowded area, ask them to show that half a nipple, <laughs> and they'll be more than happy to do it. It feels like you're in the minority with, <laughs> look, boobs! They, they may not have the, the wardrobe malfunction then. Then they're going to be presentable <laughs> for pictures. And really, that's better for everybody. <laughs> if, if the half a nipple is your driving force, you should probably rethink your life choices, particularly the money that you spent to come to San Diego Comic-Con. Well, yeah, after the money they spent to come to San Diego Comic-Con, they can't afford to buy anything now that they're here. So all they have is the half the nipple. Yeah, this convention finds a way to get money out of your wallet. It's a, it's unbelievable. We consider ourselves pretty savvy. We, we've, this is our 10th San Diego Comic-Con. It is, it is, in, in 14 years. Yeah, our first one was 2006, and it's been about three years since we've been able to, to get passes. Yeah. So we kind of know what we're doing. Yeah, now I'd like to temper all of this with, we're very excited to be back. It's an an enjoyable experience to be here. <clears throat> so I think we're just sort of being a bit curmudgeonly having dealt with for the first time in three years again, just the general sort of folks who it may be their first time, they may be overwhelmed by the spectacle. I get it. I'm with you. I support you in your fandom. Just please be goggle-eyed from the wall, well, not in the middle of the aisle. And the, the thing is, it's nobody's fault, but it's fucking exhausting to do this show. Now, this is only Friday morning, so we've had one full day and preview night, yep. plus uh, a day we, we get here a day early to just try and get over the jet lag. We don't. It takes a full two or three days. I mean, to, as of this morning... Amanda, you were still describing time in East Coast time. I was. You're like, oh, it's uh, it's uh, four o'clock or whatever. It's like, what? Wait, we're late for everything. <laughs> so it's it takes it out of you, and yeah, you find yourself becoming a a dick at just weird times, just because there's always fifty thousand people in between you and whatever you want to do. Sometimes what you want to do is extremely biological in nature, and you don't give a shit about those people and you know embracing their fandom. You want them to be hit by lightning <laughs> or exploded in any form or fashion. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's 
you see people at their best, yeah, embracing being a fan and having a great time. Then, then you see people at their worst, usually when you come across me. <laughs> As I'm just sweating into my jeans because I refuse to wear shorts and ready to shriek at everybody. I swear to God, if I see one more baby stroller, when I'm elected emperor, it's mass castrations, everybody. <laughs> I, that something about this show just brings out everybody's baby stroller and it's always in the way. And I know, just because I don't have kids, of course you should bring your infant to a loud, crowded, hot, sweaty place they'll never remember. It's their God-given right. Well, it's because they spent all their money for Comic-Con and now they can't afford a sitter. <laughs> very possible. <laughs> I shouldn't be this cranky. I got Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yes. That's all I... All I that's been the one thing missing for the last nine Comic-Cons we've gone to, is you can't get Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And you, unless you're from New England... You don't understand how desperately important that is. We've talked about it on the show. I don't want to belabor it, but no. I've got a giant flagon of. This Dunkin has been the be possibly the best thirty-six hours of your life. Uh, just about, yeah. <laughs> Last night, a bunch of IPAs, uh, strange West Coast IPAs. I'm unable to find fine Steel Rail Pale Ale <laughs> here in San Diego, but they, uh, I hear they have a brewery called Stone that makes. Uh, yeah, I, I, an I think I've heard of that. Beer. <laughs> it has done me well. So, all right, this is our first time back in three years, and there are some things that are different uh, than yes. all the times we've gone. The biggest one is how they're handling the, the badges. Now, the way it always was uh, in the, the years that we went, you bought your ticket, and you got a barcode in the mail, and you had to go and stand in line, and they scanned your barcode, and they just gave you a piece of paper in a laminate type holder you put yep. on a lanyard and you just wandered around with it now they have different ones for different days and there's a plastic one with an rfid chip and every time you enter and leave the building you need to scan your rfid chip uh, this place has more security than some places i've worked and i've worked in places that have like healthcare hipaa data <laughs> But yeah, you have to scan in and out every time, and it's these very flimsy-looking Walking Dead branded electronic turnstiles that yes. are just the perfect height where your lanyard, if you're six feet tall like me, your lanyard's not long enough to get to the scan here place, so you have to hunch over like you're bending the knee to the old gods of Comic-Con every time no, you enter and leave. It's, it's not even that. It's just San Diego Comic-Con wants you to bend over <laughs> several times a day. I have hit the cash machine <laughs> three times in 24 hours for the full boat 200 each time. This town is just classic at getting money out of you. And it's one of the anecdotes I, I put on, on Facebook. And by the way, you should be following us on Facebook, if only for this week, because that's where I'm putting all the pictures we're taking. Every morning I, I get up and uh, every joint creaks and I pray for death. But when I'm done with that, <laughs> I go on the, the laptop and I upload all the pictures we've taken all day. So if for no other reason, uh, yeah, just follow us this week on Facebook, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com slash Facebook. That's where the good stuff's going. Not this show. No, this is, is it Facebook.com slash Crisis on Infinite Midlives? What did I say? You said it the other way around. Yeah. Listen to Amanda. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I'm very broken at this point. Somebody might still have jet lag. It's it's only going to get worse over the next couple of days. Because now we have the jet lag uh, just descending into rampant fatigue hysteria. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 
last night, yeah, I think I had three beers and opened a fourth, and uh, then Amanda, you said I began flailing. <laughs> there was a discussion about whether or not one should shit in the sink. It was it was a big night, <laughs> tough night. It was a big night. Oh uh, yeah, and it's it's gonna get weirder. The- <laughs> Our, our show on Saturday might just me go might be me going uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah because that's what they tune in for <laughs> <laughs> all right I'll stop but uh, let's let's talk about some of the highlights from yesterday beyond wanting to well, club the the one I, I was one positive I thought of uh, about having those RFID chips and I don't know if you've noticed but I have particularly when going by the Kotobukiya booth mm. because they were notorious for this now you don't have hucksters at all these booths screaming we'll give you some freebie if we scan your badge right because the badges used to have a barcode on them that had like all your personal information DNA scans dick length basically everything about you so yeah you'd go up and they'd have you know any dipshit with a five dollar UPC laser gun could you know find out whether you dangle left or right and yeah people would say oh we'll give you a free ceramic pin for all your personal information and you don't really realize because it just goes beep now they can't do that so going to booths has been a little bit quieter which i kind of yes. like does it make up for having to hunch over like a moron every time i enter or leave the building uh, it's it's got its pluses so um however the the one downside to the rfid thing is you know, given the number of people that queue up to get in just as the convention floor is opening, which happened about uh, five minutes ago, there is uh, a sign posted that says that you can expect a 25-minute wait to enter because you've got the crush of humanity that then all needs to be funneled through these RFID readers. And not just funneled through, but a significant percentage on every, any given day. That's their first day. Yeah. Which means they need to individually be demonstrated. It's, no, bend over like you're going to kiss Rick on The Walking Dead <laughs> and apply your badge to his heart to show your eternal love. <laughs> your love and devotion. When Rick beeps at you like the <laughs> automaton that he is. Then you may enter. You may enter. And give us 50 bucks, by the way. <laughs> That's the thing. That the loot is fantastic. I have given the United Kingdom, Great Britain, more money just by going repeatedly to the 2000 AD booth, picking up uh, Judge Dredd case file books that I've been missing, uh, and uh, The Last American by John Wagner, which is a book I've heard about for forever and never read. Uh, Al Ewing's Zombo, a thing I didn't even know existed, but it's got a giant green zombie and Al Ewing's name on it. Shut the fuck up and take my money. So- so a lot of my money is going across the pond. Uh, you've picked up a couple books. I, um, I've i been trying to support more of the independent webby guys, at least at first right now. So uh, right now I've purchased something called Two Lumps, which is a webcomic. And I've got the first book called I Would Look It For Hours. Now I want you to just think about a that for comic, a second. A webcomic, a diagnosis. It's impossible to say. <laughs> but uh, if you've seen Parker the office mascot you know that we have a great love for cats and this is a a webcomic about cats devious devious cats well and it's one of those things particularly the the small press and webcomics they always have cool t-shirts that's a reason you stopped at the booth and the last time we were at comic-con we stopped at the booth i forget what the cool t-shirt was but they hand out little samples of their comic and whichever one it was last time i thought it was funny enough i put it up at my desk at my day job so when I recognize it was the same people, I mean, we've, we've got to try the actual book. <laughs> because I always say, oh, yeah, I'll take it and I'll check it out online. I forget to check it out online. 
I'm going to have the hard copy. Me and Digital Comics have never been friends. I don't know that we're ever going to be friends. And uh, to a one, I'm happy that I have bought these books. And then the trick is, then you have to go online to get more, or you got to find them again at Comic-Con. So there's a bunch of stuff i got to fill in. Yeah, and there's been a certain amount of, kind of, of turnover since the last time we were here. So some of the, the press and, and publishers that you, we had come to expect and find, like Slave Labor Graphics, aren't here <laughs> avatar avatar comics doesn't yeah. have a presence that i've been able to find if they do they've they've moved and i haven't been able to find it they know we're here <laughs> yeah so so i mean that's the tricky part uh, yeah there there have been some some changes of things have gone around and yeah we've already got because yeah, i think all we've pretty much we each bought t-shirts because i learned a long time ago when you come to one of these things you're gonna buy t-shirts i don't pack t-shirts for every day <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, it's all comics. We're going to have to ship home. It's going to be a $800 shipping bill of this giant brick of comics and trade paperbacks that yeah. we got. But do you find stuff here? You can't find anywhere else. It's the true. 2000 AD books. Yeah. You get them here or New York comic con or yeah, you're placing an overseas order with customs and shit. <laughs> then I'm lazy and I'm not doing that. No. So <laughs> take advantage of what's here. Uh, let's see. The other problem that we're finding is it's still impossible to see everything. We knew it was exhausting coming in here. We've done this show a lot. And, yeah, we did the show a couple of weeks ago. If we're going to try to hit this panel, this panel, this, but we managed to hit two yesterday. <laughs> we were, we really wanted, I in particular wanted to hit the Jeff Johns panel so I could shriek incoherently at him things about Watchmen. <laughs> the problem is... Yes, other things intervene, like biological needs. We hadn't eaten since morning. Amanda was turning into a puddle in front of my eyes. I was sweating profusely with no water because I hadn't planned very well. I was holding it together until this sort of simultaneous crush of humanity happened around me, wherein somebody decided in the row and back of us that they needed to come in from the side aisle and that's fine they want everybody to fill in but that means that you should probably have at least some sense of self-awareness and not brush your ass against my head as you're trying to get to your seat i would appreciate that i learn something new every day i will try to change my ways <laughs> and on the other side of me um some other person came in and sat down next to me and that's fine but then proceeded to just spread just spread like into my space, into the space of the seat on the other side, and then pull out like fistfuls of Cheerios to just crunch and crunch yeah. while I'm trying to listen to Dan DiDio and, and Jim Lee talk about you know, how it is that their marketing strategy is going to be different this time. <laughs> um, it was a distraction. Too long didn't read. Not very different. <laughs> That, yeah, it was a weird, strange cross gender and age because there was a full grown woman who was man spreading and <laughs> eating like an infant. It was very strange. It was. And I could see, yeah, Amanda was, yeah, slowly turning into a puddle from hunger and just rage. And I mean, so. I, I, I support her, her right to live her truth, but, um, it was infringing on my ability to enjoy the panel. <laughs> you can live your truth, just not on my pants. That's too far. <laughs> Uh, not on my pants could be the name of this <laughs> yes d damn it we're we're in a hotel room without all my normal stuff here i don't have anything to write with uh we did catch a couple of panels yesterday however one of them uh 
actually had news in it. We'll talk about that in a minute. The other one was not quite as informative and entertaining as uh, as I'd hope hoped. But it got us off the floor. <laughs> That's true. No, hold on, fill in for a second while I write this down. <laughs> so one of the other things that we were reminded of as we were making our way to the panels is that they've got some set traffic patterns. So you would think that you just go up, you know, the nearest escalator because you'll see like, oh, it's going to be in room four. And that says that this is two rooms, one through six. And then you realize that they now because of the whole RFID badge pickup situation, they've roped those off. It, you can't go that way. You might hand off your badge to somebody else who doesn't deserve a badge. That can't happen. <laughs> yeah, there really is a much higher security contingent. Like like uniform cops, at least outside. Yeah. I see a lot of uniform cops walking lot, around. There was a much higher police presence this year than in previous years that we've been here. Yeah, and, and more on-floor security. And very much everybody, when you're walking through doors, whether RFID or not, it's like flip your badge around because they want to see that you have an actual badge. Which, yeah. you know, in its own way, heartening. Okay. Great. On the other I hand, though, I, I, and I get that they're doing their jobs, but I've already bent the knee for Rick and made the beep at the door. Just shouldn't you assume that I, I'm here legit? <laughs> you would think, but look. So anyway, they've got these um, access points that we had gotten accustomed to now roped off to the general public unless you're coming in to pick up your badge. So I'm pulling up like from my brain a, a four-year-old memory of, all right, now if I want to go that way, then I'm going to have to cut back across the crush of humanity on the floor and uh, take Always a left a over time. here and take a right over here. And okay, now I'm at small press. Great. I think there's an escalator up on this side. <laughs> and then and then you get to the top and um, there's a variety of, of clubs and societies and, and that's cool. And, and one of them this year is um, something, a, a furry go bra. Um which isn't about furries. Hey, fuck you too. What? what? <laughs> it's like some furry society. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so that was that was unexpected. But uh, otherwise, there's like your society for creative an anachronism and the the five o first and all of that. Yeah, you can join the Legion of Superheroes. You can. They won't give you a flight ring. No. So I thank them for their time. <laughs> <laughs> but so there's there's we've said this in the past if you come to san diego comic-con there's something for everybody so for those that are involved in those kinds of, of societies and clubs that they have their space in a particular area there and down the hallway in that same area if you're here for gaming that's all set up um but then for the rest of us that want to get to panels we've we learned that okay then the cut through is you go through here and then there's another escalator up and you can get around the madness you're in the front of the building all of our tricks shut the fuck up <laughs> Trying to be helpful here on uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlives. That, that that's true, but we have to get places too. And I'm not telling them where my secret special bathroom is. Don't you dare! Don't you tell people. <laughs> also, I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, look, everybody takes a grunt in the sink now and again. <laughs> Didn't want to say how this subject came up earlier, but there you go. All right, so now I've written down at least one potential title because, yeah, we are on a timeline. We're doing this before we're going to the floor, so it's not going to be a very long show. I say that a lot. It's not going to be a very long show. He's barely holding it together, people. Uh, <laughs> He's a man I, at his wit's end. I have pants somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where they it's are. He's a man who has woken up every morning that we've here, stood in the window naked and said, Good morning, San Diego. Look at my junk. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's the thing that may have happened. Uh, you know, uh, there's another hotel right across the plaza here, and uh, I'm, I'm making morning eye contact and trying to establish <laughs> dominance. 
Morning, Tom. I may. (laughs) Morning, Tom. I may have a beachhead over over in that hotel very soon. We may be able to move closer to the convention center. Meanwhile, they're they're not sending ravens, but we did get a seagull that just sort of set up shop in front of our window this morning. Yeah, we came back to our room with with our Dunkin' Donuts to have breakfast, and it's like the seagull knew, just sitting right next to the the table in the room, looking up at Amanda's Dunkin' Donuts. Humans, you want to feed me? And it hung out for like ten minutes, making like. Red beady eye contact, like, hi, I'm adorable. Feed me. Yeah, although <laughs> uh, San Diego seagulls have a big red bump on their beak, like they've got a massive herpy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not sharing food with that. No. That's, uh, that's not how I party. I, not, I don't think it's cold sore. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about the panels? Yes. Um, yeah, the first one we went to, and there's not a lot of news. I was expecting news from this one, but it was a panel that I was really looking forward to. It was uh, an interview of... Paul Levitz, uh, who was the president of DC Comics for a long time uh, and dating back to the 70s, had a a working relationship with DC. Uh, And Karen Berger, who was the executive editor of Vertigo, they were kind of interviewing each other. Yeah. And so I was really kind of looking forward to this one uh, because we're talking about two people who are really kind of giants in DC's 80s heyday. And if you think about, you know, there's Golden Age and Silver Age, but for DC, all of their biggest books that constantly sell, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, Sandman, all of that came from that period. And you've got two people who were at the top of DC while that was going on. And it's really, it's you can put that on a par with at least Silver Age with DC. And the room was like a third full. There was almost nobody there. And I was kind of surprised. Well, I mean, you see this in a lot of of the panels, though. Like the ones that focus on old school comics tend to be lightly attended, for good or for ill. I mean, on the upside, it meant that we could get in. <laughs> True, which I'm happy about. But but on the other side, yeah, you know, the younger crowd was going to whatever animation panel was happening on the other side and thudding through the wall. Oh, God, that's the worst thing about any of these panels. The the walls are thin. And with God as my witness, no matter what panel you are attending, the panel in the next room has something with subwoofer bass and explosions. Yeah. So you're trying to hear a thoughtful comment from the guy who was leading DC when Alan Moore negotiated his contract. Then all you hear through the the wall is... As everybody cheers at whatever exploded... Then again, that was the problem with the panel. You didn't hear anything about things like negotiate Alan Moore's deal or anything like that. Yeah, and they didn't take questions. That was I was kind of hoping that after they had done their initial 45 minutes of back and forth, they would have opened it up so that people could ask questions if they hadn't covered something. Yeah, because they really didn't cover very much. It was it was really kind of a, you know, oh, you're so smart. Oh, no, you're so smart. Oh, I can't believe you got to do this. Well, I can't believe you let me do this. Remember and that time I, I, I got uh, Jeanette to let me use the word fuck in Vertigo? Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that was like the biggest revelation that, that Levitz and Berger were butting heads over being able to use fuck. And it's like, okay, well, maybe there's some palace intricate. No, it's she just went over his head and then it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good story. Cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, and, and you think about these guys, yo, they're dealing with Watchmen and Dark Knight and Sandman and how comics changed in the nineties and we just didn't really get a lot of meat on it. No. So I mean I can I guess in retrospect, people who skipped it 
<laughs> were kind of right. But yeah, it just it felt weird. It's like you know, imagine if you had a panel, you know, suddenly had a panel with Jack Kirby or with Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel. That would be packed. You would think because those guys are dead. <laughs> I want to see a dead guy see, talk. See the dead walk. <laughs> Robert Kirkman's not a billionaire because people don't want to see that shit. Yeah, that's another panel that we didn't make it to. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about it before. I think we talked about it as we were talking about the schedule. That was opposite. Uh, that was going to be opposite uh, the Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns one, which we tried harder to get to and were, in fact, in the room because the panel before that we did get to, which was the uh, the DC Comics Meet the Publishers, which historically, yeah, normally... I had remembered it right, had been on Sunday and was sort of the, the panel that overtook Dan DiDio's old, let's just talk about what we love about comics. That was my favorite panel ever yeah. at San Diego. Um, this panel, not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right, but particularly early on, you know, that the cool thing about the Sunday panel, particularly back when it was just, hey, we're just talking about what we love about comics was, and Dio brings this up every year in this panel. It's when you do it on Sunday, it's like you've you've been through battle together. You're just <laughs> you're beaten down by Comic-Con. And it's just nice to sort of have a place. We're just going to sit for an hour and remind ourselves why we put ourselves through this horrible physical and emotional torture once a year. Yeah, so it didn't have the same punch because we all had energy and, and life and dreams. Shit, and shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's pick it up before someone sits next to Amanda. Uh, it's I mean, my own fault she asked me if the seat was free I could have lied you could have peed just <laughs> establish your territory <laughs> establish your territory by any means necessary and fistfuls of Cheerios are you three <laughs> Christ oh god so yeah and we, we have audio we're, not for this show we don't but we have audio from a from this panel and we'll try to put something together in a big recap show assuming you can hear it over the cheerios yeah and that's the problem when you get in and where you sit really makes a difference as to the audio that you can get believe it or not the two-person operation from boston is not embraced by the san diego comic-con uh organizers and allowed to patch into the main soundboard we uh we point a mic at the speakers and pick up what we can pick up yes which is better than some so <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to look at, uh, at my notes. I tried to take notes. I even, I got a reporter's notebook, like as a reporter. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, apply to infested area. This no. is. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I'm just, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there was one, uh, apparently there's going to be an announcement about, uh, Milestone Comics coming back in the next few months. Uh, Jim Lee said he's been talking with Reggie Hudlin and Dennis Cohen. Uh, so. Haven't they threatened to do that before? Uh, they've done it a few times. It's uh, there's a strong built-in core audience for that book, uh, and it it's one of those that just hasn't seemed to spread out. I, I always give it a try and kind of fall by the wayside. Mm. But uh, you know, who... so for those who aren't familiar with Milestone Comics, what should the listener know? Pizza shit out of me. The main thing I remember is Static Shock. Again, I sort of get in on the ground floor and then. Drop it. Don't don't look at me as an expert on anything. I'm not. I'm just because <laughs> I wasn't aware. But now you say Static Shock and it sounds familiar. Static so. Shock was the big breakout from from Milestone from Milestone Comics. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Everything else. Uh, look, I'm tired. That's okay. Uh, the internet drought has uh, <laughs> come to San Diego Comic Con with a vengeance. So even my ability to research before a show limited. Limited. Very limited. All right. What else was in the panel? Uh. 
Because mostly what I'm remembering is some woman in the question line asking if Scott Snyder could go darker, and then there was some comment about tying him up. I don't. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, that's. (laughs) Here's another pro tip. We've talked about this before, and someday somebody will pay attention and listen to it. (laughs) It's. I get that you're face to face with creators that have changed your life. They haven't necessarily changed mine. I like Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison showed up at this panel. Which was cool. Yeah, Grant Morrison's a pretty good writer. I like most of his stuff. Um, yeah, he didn't get me through adolescence. Uh, he did not change the way I look at the printed word. I get that he did with you. Get a room. Send him an email. DM him on Twitter. Don't spend five minutes up front trying to establish a personal connection with a guy who's already forgotten what you look at while he's looking at you. <laughs> and wasting everybody's time. It's embarrassing on your behalf for me to be listening to you do it. And it means fewer people get to ask actual questions. <laughs> Just say, love your work. Have a question, Grant, and ask the question and maybe they'll answer it. Yeah, because there's usually time to try to press flesh after the panel is over. Yeah, but it's the whole, it, we've been making it a joke for years. Uh, yeah, quick question. Um, You're awesome. How did you become so awesome? And and how do you maintain being awesome? And I have a follow-up when you're done about it, being awesome. It, if, I, if I eat you, will I become you? And then will I become God? <laughs> just um, asking for a friend. Yeah, uh, it's just, and maybe it's just being jaded. I've seen Grant Morrison in panels. And with the way this is what we do with our spare time, probably see him again. Uh, it's just not that big a deal. Well, I will say this, though, in terms of the big deal piece, we, we've we bitched about this before. We haven't made it to any of the Marvel panels yet. Uh, we may today. Historically, we've found that the Marvel panels generally are uh, staffed by editors and not by the actual writers or or artists, although there is a Spider-Man panel today that, yes, Nick Lowe, who is the editor, will be at, but Colin Bunn, who's actually a writer, will also be at. This is unusual. (laughs) However, for Dan DiDio and Jim Lee to open up their panel with like, hey, and we're here, and we have a writer, and it's Grant Morrison. That's sort of the mic drop on, fuck you, Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, we've said a million times, DC puts on better, more entertaining, more informative panels than, than Marvel, period. Yeah. Always have. So you're going to get far more DC coverage out of this because, frankly, this is our vacation and I am here to be entertained. <laughs> I do want to try to go to the Cup of Joe panel because I want to know and at least one listener has pinged me to ask. So I'll try to get in. We'll try to get into the panel and I'll try to get in line and I'll try to ask if there's any fucking update on Miracle Man the Silver Age. <laughs> A lot of things have to fall into place for that question to get asked. And believe me, with the state of Marvel these days, if I don't ask it, I'll be shocked if anybody else does. Yeah. So, but hey, we'll we'll give it a shot. So I do at least want to try to get to that one for Marvel. But now yeah, we'll we'll have to see. That's one of the big Marvel ones. So uh, back to this panel. Yeah, back to this one. Uh, yeah, they were just sort of talking about how Rebirth uh, came to be. Uh, the Dio said uh, the level of enthusiasm for characters seemed to fade every once in a while, and we might have lost some of the purpose of what the characters are about. Uh, that's a direct quote, or at least I put quotation marks around it when I uh, when I wrote it down. Um, so yeah, they're they're saying 2018 is going to be a transformative year with a goal to bring in new readers. They've got a variety of initiatives, and I didn't take notes on all of them because some are for children, and I hate kids and couldn't care less. Well, they're but, they're trying to expand the readership beyond the uh, 18 to 39 or 
39 to 56, I guess, um, core white male demographic. Yeah, I did write down a DC rebirth uh, is specifically pointed at readers 18 to 45. Yeah. They didn't say any particular gender. And no, but they, they went on at length about um, their DC Hero Girls initiative. So they're developing a publishing strategy that's meant to target uh, middle readers with those DC uh, hero girls books and then um, a young adult market so that the the high school age kids also have an entry point and then the idea is if you're getting them while they're young much like the catholic church um then oh. <laughs> sorry low-hanging fruit. we can't afford a boycott from anybody <laughs> um that then they will come along and as they become older get into reading the more mature uh, pieces and then they were talking about their dark uh Dark Matter? Was that the... Uh, yes, Dark Matter. That, and that's going to be a different format and much more mature. Um, so those readers who have wanted those kinds of stories, those will be available as well. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's within the Dark Matter. They're, uh, they said they looked at their books. Uh, they called them Evergreen, the stuff that just sells. The, the stuff in the 80s that I'd wish Berg and Levitz had talked about. Watchmen, Dark Knight, Sandman, and said they came to the realization like most of us did in the 80s while we were reading them it's a huh these are books that are not necessarily in continuity and can stand alone with a beginning middle and an end yeah and they're trying to pair up creative teams with projects with an effort to build on that library of these are just good comics that you can hand to anybody and of course we'll sell forever and ever and ever but believe me if they could find a way to do another Watchmen <laughs> so that, that sells like Watchmen, they'd do it tomorrow. Although that's, I guess, I, I applaud that they're trying to bring in the new younger readers. I'm a little perplexed insofar as I've always felt that a good story is a good story, and particularly with their their push for the high school age readers. I mean, that's when we're that's when you and I are reading Dark Knight. So yeah. you don't need a specialized imprint to get the younger readers. You just need good stories. Yeah. To be fair, I was. 15 16 17 i'm not sure if i was still 11 or 12 my folks probably would have uh, given watchmen and dark knight a look before they gave it to me and i'm not sure they would have given it to me well when i'm 11 or 12 then you know my dad's coming home from the package store with something off the spinner rack and it's like oh here's my first exposure to perez and wolfman and i'm reading teen titans <laughs> yeah no, it's in the title <laughs> yeah that's true so, uh, yeah, look, anything that brings more readers in, look, we we love comics. <laughs> we don't want them to die with us. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right, so what else do we have here? Yeah, so for the, the Dark Matter books, uh, there's going to be no variant covers. Uh, the DO said there's nothing more valuable uh, than knowing what a book is, uh, particularly for, for these kind of things that I guess they're hoping are going to be possible entry-level books for people. They're all going to be... Uh, Two dollars ninety nine cents. Holding the line at two ninety nine. Yeah, for the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, and he went on a frankly kind of whether it was PR speak or actually extemporaneous or whatever kind of a, a rant, which was kind of heartening uh, about. Yeah, it's easy to raise a price, and on a spreadsheet, the number goes up for a little while, and then other numbers go down, and then you've lost certain people forever. Yeah, because uh, you can get one person to buy it at three ninety nine, four ninety nine, but. It you might lose 10 other people who would have bought it at two ninety nine, Right. And uh, I've got two quotes here from the DO. This, uh, this has to stop. I don't want this to be a dying business. We've got to stop the collapse of the comic book business. So they appear to be taking it seriously. I wish Marvel would. 
<laughs> no, two ninety nine and just a scotch fewer Nazis. <laughs> I think just, Marvel just, would be all right. A soup song. <laughs> yeah, a soup song of Nazis is okay. <laughs> you know, and a moose bouche of and, Nazis. And own that they're Nazis. Hydra is Nazi. Just own it. <laughs> a moose bouche of Nazis. I gotta get more paper over here. <laughs> You have, all right, your job is to remember that one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they appear to be taking the idea of getting new readers in and holding on to existing readers without, you know, the getting weird or rebooting every two or three years seriously, which is somewhat heartening. heartening. Uh, yeah, at that point, they brought in Grant Morrison. Uh, the rest of the news on the panel, because uh, we do have to kind of wrap this up pretty soon if we're going to actually go to the convention. And go to other panels. Ostensibly covering. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's working on uh, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two uh, with Yannick Paquette. Oh, that'll uh, be good art. Yes, you you may have seen his work in Why the Last Man. Yeah, and uh, they put up a couple of uh, sample images from that, which uh, yes, you can find on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Crisis on Infinite Midlives. I got a big photo album there. I'm just dumping all the photos every morning, so you can go check out the photos there. Again, follow us just for the show. Then you can dump us. Just like everyone else in our room. Don't dump us. <laughs> We're sorry we took a shit in the sink. Uh, yeah, and... Allegedly. Now, I have not read Wonder... <laughs> Stop shitting in the sink. <laughs> I have not read Wonder Woman uh, Earth One Volume One, uh, but Morrison made a big deal out of this does not follow the movie, even though he really liked the movie. He said he tried very much to go to the original weird Marston origin comics and try to follow that so yeah this is apparently not a book it's a oh i love the wonder woman movie i'm suddenly on board wonder woman yeah maybe buy the first one first and yeah. see if that still holds you in because as we've learned from greg rucka's run there have been a lot of wonder woman uh for all intents and purposes a lot of wonder women <laughs> over the years yeah some will work better for you your mileage may vary on which version you like uh, the other big thing that Morrison uh, announced is uh, <laughs> that he's doing Arkham Asylum 2. Uh, with Which is, I, I think I have it marked on the uh, recorder. The audio. Yeah. yeah. He made a point of, I said at some point to whoever it was he was working with on this. Uh, Dave McKean did the art on the first one. Yeah. Like, if we do Arkham Asylum 2, then we will have jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I wrote down the quote, the day I do Arkham Asylum 2 is the day I've jumped the shark. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but apparently, uh, he's doing it with, uh, the Damian Wayne, Batman 666 version of Batman with the trench coat and the guns, uh, which is the only version of Damian Wayne that hasn't made me want to just smack Damian Wayne. I wouldn't say I like that version of Batman. I dislike it least, if that makes sense. If this leads uh, you're, to Damian, you're giving Wayne, me the side eye, like if, I just said something about. Yeah, you said you liked an incarnation of Damian <laughs> Wayne, and you may as well have just taken a dump on the floor. Uh, well, I mean, I I, I will There's enjoy no this. More room in the sink. <laughs> if this leads to Damian Wayne being institutionalized in any of the the worlds in multiversity, then I am fine with this. I'm okay with that. <laughs> There's no release date on it. It's going to be 120 pages. Uh, one other thing that he mentioned uh, is maybe a sequel to Multiversity. Uh, he's uh, called Multiversity 2, but T-O-O instead of T-W-O with the idea that there are multiple 
multiverses and beyond the 52 that were originally conceived yeah and that question came from somebody asking uh, whether morrison was ever going to do anything with warren ellis's concept of the snowflake multiverse from planetary with 182,000 different possible universes and so that may be brought into it there wasn't really a lot of detail on that one yeah so yeah at least there was some news in that one a certain amount of hype Obviously, there's, look, it's a comic convention. There's always going to be hype. It but it was, it was like- hype with at least one writer there to speak to his work and, and stuff to put up on the panels on the, on the Jumbotron so you could kind of see what they were talking about. Yes. Which is more than I've seen in many of the Marvel ones where it's like, hype, flavor, flave, and then nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that the the meatiest thing I got from any panel where Nick Lowe was on it was that Sugar Man thing. That, and that was when he was still working for DC, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't know Nick Lowe personally. It's just that one that one sound clip has frozen an image of him into Amanda's in my mind. I'm sure he's a delightful gentleman. Eats my soul like a deadite. <laughs> That's going to be the pull quote on a book someday. <laughs> Nick Lowe eats my soul like a deadite. <laughs> Amanda, Crisis on Infinite Midlives. So, yeah, I think that's all we got for uh, the first day, Thursday of Comic-Con. Uh, yeah, we got to wrap this up, get this thing online, and head over. I don't even have the book in front of me. I don't know what panels are today, what we're going to try to get to, if we can get. Yeah, the, the Spider-Man show- ones in 20 minutes. Yeah, we ain't making it. <laughs> It would take me 20 minutes to get this thing onto the computer to get it online. Uh, yeah, it's we intend to do short little shows every day. Uh, it's going to be kind of up in the air. Again, we're, we're sort of doing this in between everything else that we're doing. Uh, all of these will be live to tape, zero editing whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, if we uh, get something relatively newsworthy beyond, man, we're tired, we've defiled another sink, uh, we will have another show tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, best thing you can do for... For the next few days, is follow us on Facebook. Facebook page is Crisis on Infinite Midlives. And anything we have new, if we do show, you'll be able to get it all through there. Yes. Or you could go to our site, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. And I believe that there is an icon that will take you to the Facebook. That is true also. And you can directly subscribe to the show right from there. So you could just get the shows onto your phone or whatever device you use to consume this are we even technically media? Um, Do, if, don't you have to have pants to be media? No, no. You you think pants are entirely overrated? They are. I yeah. mean, they're they're legal for public decency and stuff. But we're we're in a town right now where I have seen no fewer than five individuals in some sort of male cosplay sense walking around in just bikini briefs, no dance belt, just just free balling, and they're I don't know Namor or something. I <laughs> that's good to know because I think on Saturday I'm going full Zardoz. <laughs> Just free balling Namor. <laughs> free balling Namor is the creepiest <laughs> Namor. All right, well, why don't we wrap this up because we, we do have things to do if we want to continue covering the convention. Okay. So, yeah, we'll just do the truncated. Uh, yes, you can. Uh, our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com, uh, has uh, every way that you can possibly subscribe to the show. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Crisis on Infinite Midlives. Uh, is the page on facebook.com. We're also doing some stuff on Twitter. Twitter handle is at infinite midlife. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And 
everything else you need to know is on our, our home website. Uh, but oh, yeah, let's... did you mention the comics podcast? Oh network? yes. We're proud members of the comics podcast network. Look, I, I'm out of my element. <laughs> our studio is normally a basement. And right now I am looking at the ocean and I don't know what to do with this sensory overload. So yes, we're proud members of the comics podcast network. Uh, and yes, this has been episode 157 yes. of the crisis on infinite midlife show. From San Diego, California, Comic-Con 2017, I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening, and derp. Free balling. <laughs> Seriously, rinse out the fucking sink. <laughs>